tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! That did not work as the way we thought it would. <laughs> Welcome to a twerktastic edition of the Orphan Black After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. It's already descended into madness, much like the Hendrixes. Yeah. Um. Yes, this is episode six, season three, Certain Agony of the Battlefield. And with us as always... Megan Salinas. Hi, everybody. You can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And, oh my God, she's back. Yay! On a couple. I missed all of you so much. Thanks for putting up with my absence, and maybe you didn't miss me. It's fine. Okay, anyway. Um, and and we, we gain you, but then we lose Lieberman today. We <laughs> so can never have all of us at the same time. What you guys don't know is that some of us are in a fight, and so we just can't all be in the same room together at the same <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. exactly. Anyway, you can follow me at Copple from K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. Please tweet at us during the show. We have so much to talk about. And uh, I don't think I said my name. I'm Will Link. And you can follow me on Twitter at... The real will link. So, um, yes, there is so much to talk about in this episode. This is one of the craziest episodes. I think it's arguably the best episode of the series. Uh, and maybe it's because, you know, we talked about this with Matt, and Matt said this a bunch of times about, like, you know, they don't kill any characters on this show, it seems, <laughs> ever. Even when they do, you know, like Helena, Helena's back, and, you know. But they, they sure killed a character this week. And they what a, a way. Yeah, well, but I mean like a big Only one. Only one that really matters. Only one that they killed uh, Paul. Major Paul. Hot, ah. hot Paul. Dirty Paul. BDP. Wait. Oh, I was going to actually say it. Say it. Big Dick Paul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They killed him. Um, and you know what? It was so funny because from the start of this episode, it was easily the most Paul-centric episode. Like from the beginning. It opens on him. It was following him around. And... Dylan Bruce killed it in this episode. He's he was so great. Good. You know, it was easily the uh, his best performance of the series. Like he gave the he I guess he as an actor knew he was going out in this episode and he gave it like 5000%. Mhm. Yeah, no. It, and again, everybody everybody's always been on the fence about Paul because we never really know what game he's playing. And here in this final episode, we finally know where where for sure he stands, and, and now it's too late. And we took him for granted all this time. See, I you know I agree. I definitely took him for granted. There's no question about that. But I didn't really have that much of a question about uh, his loyalties. Yeah, I thought he well, loved Sarah, and there's no question. About well, I always bought that Sarah had this hold over him, and he cared about her. Uh, but it was always. I guess where the other loyalties lie, what everything else he was he was trying to do, and now we see that, you know, we didn't know about the Caster clones until the end of last season, but we see that he was really always kind of working 
for the caster clones, and his intentions were really good. I mean, he was trying to save these guys, save his men. But, you know, even to speak to Paul's, like, the, <laughs> the never knowing his loyalties, this episode opens with him talking to an agent who was uh, military, CIA, I don't know, they just said agency, Arlington, things like that. Yeah. And... He's telling them all the, basically, they're keeping, they're running human trials on civilians, they're using, running trials. Unsanctioned civilian research. And he's talking to this guy, and I'm like, oh my god, he's now, he's a quadruple agent. That was the first time that, now who's he working for? (laughs) But, I mean, he didn't know, at the, what we find out is that this is the, the body that basically, um, runs caster this is yeah. the the entity that they report to so it would make sense that he would go to a supervisor or somebody yeah. who has authority over caster but yeah you're absolutely right it's like what are you a quadruple agent i don't understand who are you working for and you know when talking about these things with caster i'm always hesitant to say like well he went to go talk to somebody who works in the pentagon or something because it's a canadian show so i'm always actually a little like what Canadian? military is this? Is what this the Canadian? Yeah. I've actually always been a little curious, and they keep it purposefully vague. Like, the city that they live in is, like, vaguely Toronto, like, you know. Yeah, and is this... Have they ever said which military this is? Whether it's the American military, the Canadian military, a private military? No, it's, uh... No, but I feel like they did make some sort of... Oh, no, that was in the behind the scenes. They made, like, a reference to Blackwater. Oh, yeah. But I think that, that, yeah, that it's supposed to maybe resemble a private military. Okay. So private military contractors, then. They're they're kind of their own entity. Okay, that would make sense. Right, yeah. Well, either way, they're no good. What they're up to. Shame on all of them. (laughs) Shame on all of them Mm -hmm. for running these tests on these poor women. Um, well, Paul returns to the base to find Sarah is not doing so well. They've got her, they had, in the opening scene, we see that Which, she, yeah, how crazy was that? Yeah, she's getting a blood, some of Rudy's blood in her. Okay, but now I have a question about these, like, fever, dreams, hallucinations. Yeah. How much truth is there to them? Because first, she sees Kira, and, like, Kira has a message, Well, let's... And, Let's let's talk about Sarah's fever dream then, because you know we see Beth, and it's kind of great that we get this portrayal of Beth. We because we've never really gotten to see a lot of Beth. No, we see her in like videos, but there have never been any flashbacks of her. But this is still just Sarah's interpretation of Beth. It's not real Beth. So, I think there's some debate there, actually. I, okay. I think at least for the introductory scene and definitely for her recovery purposes, I definitely think those are just Sarah's brain. That's just Sarah's brain's way of working through yeah. the illness and working through and making sense of what's happening to her. But with Beth, I almost feel like it could be a real conversation. It could very well still be just Sarah trying to work through it. But with Kasima kind of leaning more towards the spiritual side of things and the connection that they have, this very well could be a real conversation that she's having with Beth. I'm just throwing that out there. I I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but it could be. Well, remember... Allison, or or was it Sarah? I don't know, but I, from season one, where somebody would like come in and run all these tests on them when they were sleeping, but it was yeah. it was like done with a computer. Yeah, it was like, the monitors. It was the monitors. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But but they had some sort of like computer program they were running too, and they do with casters certainly. Yeah. So I mean, is it possible that they're like downloading their thoughts? I, I mean, 
I am going. I'm that advanced. I am going to say it's no. Possible. They're cloning people. <laughs> Clone Matrix. I would watch. I, that. I look. I think it is. I'll be curious to know what the people out there think. But I think it's just. It's just a dream, and it's Sarah's interpretation of Beth. But the thing she says about Beth, because one of the things, and we talked about this in one of the episodes you were gone. How at least I personally would love to see an episode that had some. And it's a way you could bring Paul back too. Some flashbacks to Beth right before she killed herself. Like what? Like what was that day like for Beth? Like what was going through her head before she killed herself? Because in the flashback, she basically seems overwhelmed that she can't like understand this. Like she can't get a grasp on it, and it's completely overwhelming. Which I totally buy as a reason why she just had enough and she couldn't deal with this. I mean, she's dealing with clones. There were clone assassins at the time. I mean, yeah. there was a lot going on for Beth. I I would think that something that might have been the inciting incident would be all of that, and then Beth herself realizing that she's sick. I could see that as being kind of like the straw that breaks the yeah. camel's back, but we don't know. Because even in this dream or post-mortem communication, something like that, um, even here she just kind of says... It was just too much. I just couldn't understand it all. But again, that yeah. might just be what Sarah's taking from it. And again, another seamless performance, like just slips right into Beth, and she's completely because you know from behind when she was approaching, she looks a little like Allison almost from behind the way she was like dressed, and and then she turns around and immediately the the body language and the voice, even though we barely ever knew Beth, it's Beth, and I thought that was. I would, and again, I mean, every week we talk about how brilliant Tatiana Maslany is, but let's just say it again. She's she's brilliant. She's brilliant. She mm. really is. Yeah. Um, I want to just rewind quickly. One of our one of our most loyal listeners, uh, Scott and Jupiter, says that the uniforms say U.S. Army. Wow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you would think after all these episodes we'd notice nope. that. Nope. I don't know how <laughs> Americans get a reputation for being stupid. It's. <laughs> It's the it's the little details. I don't know. And the uniform that looks <laughs> well, now, like our nation. Now we're uniform. going to be looking for it, and then when we see it in possibly the next episode in the previously on, we'll be like, oh yeah, we're dumb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. Well, when Paul gets back, Sarah is. I mean, she's she's in bad shape, and she calls Paul out. She calls him the worst of them, right? Because like you don't, she doesn't even know where he stands, and you could tell like. It, it, it hurt him a little bit because he's been, he has always looked out for her best interest, like you said, Anna. But do you know what? I think that was a total manipulation on Sarah's part. I think she knows. That Paul really deep down. Loves her. But see. He know, know. She knows he didn't want her there. Right. And and I think there's probably some sort of like debate if they were to have a conversation about this. She would be like, well, if you really loved me, you would understand not to take my sister. And Helena's important to me. You shouldn't have done that. And uh and they did kind of have that conversation. Well, but the other thing is that she might be dying in this moment. You know, she she yeah. doesn't know what's happening to her. She doesn't know exactly what they did or what the consequences are going to be. So her only option at this point is to have Paul get her out of there. Right. Yeah. So she'll say anything to kind of motivate him in that direction. Yeah. But but so it is. It's like a, a push on his. Yeah. yeah, it's she both. Does. I think to an extent well, she is frustrated and that she's, she's a, in this situation. She's a con woman. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, she's, she's also... I mean, she really... Yeah. She's... I mean, she knows how to manipulate people. Yeah. She's sure. been doing it her whole life. And... But, you know, there clearly was... And by the time you get to the end, there clearly was a connection between these two characters. And, you know, he, he had to choose between his loyalty to his men and to, to, to Sarah. But, you know... 
there is a moral boundary that Paul isn't willing to, to cross, a line he's not willing to cross, and it's testing on civilians. And he has a, a scene with Mark where he basically kind of, I guess, to see, well, first of all, they address the bar scene from season two. Right. Which, uh, you know, was, oh, how did, Paul didn't, Paul didn't want to blow his cover, which is why he didn't say anything to Mark then, but, <laughs> but. <laughs> which is kind of like. It, yeah, I mean, then, <laughs> it's an obvious fix to a problem that the, the writers put themselves in, but. They're like, we, we wrote ourselves into a corner there. <laughs> but then but. the rest of the scene, I thought, played out really well because he's kind of testing Mark's law. Like, he wants a straight answer because he knows if Mark does love Gracie, then he can trust her. And he Mark admits to it. He trust says, him. Trust him, yeah, sorry. Okay. Trust him. And he gets Mark to kind of team up with them when they go to break into Cody's office to find out a little bit more information. And uh, that's when we find out that uh, these women who get this clone STD, basically, are all now left sterile they can't they can't have they can't have kids which that uh on the one hand it is terrible and it's terrible that they were doing this but i'm so relieved that they're not dead (laughs) that all of these women didn't die as a result of this yeah uh it's still terrible horrible thing that that's what they did and that they were kind of planning on using this for a weapon but it wasn't it wasn't the worst case scenario because i was afraid worst case scenario was that all of these women were going to be dead as a result Is that is that not clear? I mean, is that is that clear that they're not going to die eventually? I don't know. They <laughs> Maybe later on down the road, but sterilization I mean, was the was the the concern and the reason why they were like it wasn't like you're killing civilians; it's you're sterilizing people. So is but they don't? I'm sorry. To oh, it's okay. You, oh, they no, don't, no, they no, don't absolutely. have any like. Uh, There's no proof to say that it's not going to kill them further on down the line. But there are no hair samples matching bodies at this point, right? Like, not, not that, that we, we know, know of. And I mean, look, the, Kasim and Delphine, they didn't seem pretty worried about Gracie other than the, the sterilization then, you know, that she was like in imminent danger of dying towards the end of this episode. So I feel like that is... The thing. So then, yeah, the, I feel like there would be more of a sense of urgency with Gracie if that had been the case. So I have a couple of questions. Okay. One, Cody's plan to weaponize is, is it literally like when she said end a war in a generation? Is it literally like if we want to stop a war with Iraq, we just drop this weapon on them and the whole country sterilized? I mean, is that the idea? And it sounds like a war than ending, more like a war than ending a war, don't you think? Well, they'll, like, they'll, well never, they'll never be. Like, it sounds like Nazi talk is well, what it oh, sounds yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. Your it feels enemy, like genocide, that's what I should have said. Yeah, that your enemy like, will never have children then, so once your enemy all dies out. Right, yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. basically what you're dealing with when you're dealing with eugenics in the first place. Well, my other mm. question is with this as an STD, as a clone STD. Uh, so, okay. Let's say I give someone, I'm a caster clone, I give this to a woman, can she pass it on to some other guy who's then going to, like, I mean, is this going to just... That was my next question, but the the I... I, it's hard to say whether or not they're doing like follow-up trials with all of the intimate encounters that these women are having. I feel like there there would be a lot more information there if that was the case. I think you need a hot caster clone sperm injection for it to be. It only has active. to be okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It has to come <laughs> from the just, source. Yeah. It's just blood sperm. <laughs> the amount of talk of sperm we've had on this AfterBuzz show this season. Oh. 
Just it's this week. Just this week only. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, so Paul finds this out, and him and Mark basically, well, no, Mark I think stays behind, but Paul goes in and arrests uh, Cody, places mm-hmm. Cody under arrest. And at this point, you know, uh, Sarah's feeling better. She, her fever's broke because she's immune to this because she's got the same exact condition. But she doesn't quite have the same exact condition because well, she can have kids. No, it's she's immune to the same condition. She's immune to the Lita c- equivalent condition. Okay. So um, she's immune to the... Okay, to the that's what it is. Yeah. Well. Okay. At least, at least that seems to be the rationale for it. And Cody's, she's got super blood. I, Cody's I, like, I knew, I knew she would be, but did you, Cody? Did you look surprised? <laughs> you look, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know that she is immune to it necessarily, but because what Cody said was like, you know, she's special, she's unique, which is what everybody calls Sarah special and unique. You know, Sarah <laughs> and Helena. Yeah. yeah, they're both. They are the chosen sisters. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it certainly hasn't affected her in the same way, but I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll just find out that they're super clones. Maybe, maybe she wasn't immune, so to speak, but maybe her biology is just set up in a way that she can adapt to the things that would be fatal to other clones hmm. and even other people. I mean, so far it's been the case. So Maybe she's yeah. just super, super resilient. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, luckily her fever breaks... She's fine. And now Paul's got the whole base on. Like, he's basically locking up all the caster boys, uh, with the exception of Mark, who's on his side. Which, I, uh, how many caster clones did we have to start out with? Six? And now, at the end of this episode, we're down to two, right? We've only got two left that we know of. I mean, there could be more out there on assignment. But we only have... Rudy and Mark by the end of this episode. Yeah, because they, they, they killed the other clone in this one whose yeah. name escapes I me. believe Did he his have a name, name <laughs> is Miller, I believe. But I can't recall them ever saying it. This is just something I pulled off of like the IMDb. <laughs> but I can't recall them ever saying his name. Um, he's dead now. He's so. dead. <laughs> but, so Paul's got the place on lockdown. He calls his guy back at the, the agency and he goes, we can have an extraction team there in six hours. You're in charge. Can you hold down the fort for six hours? And he basically is like, yeah, the only person not accounted for is Rudy. Because Rudy is out hunting Helena. And let's just talk about Helena out in the desert for that scene. Because, first of all, I, I mean, I'm almost upset we didn't get in this episode. And I'm still waiting for the Helena-Rudy showdown. Those two are going to go at it at some point. And it's going to be a whole lot of clone crazy. <laughs> and I can't too wait. too much clone crazy for one room. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, we see this great scene of Helena. It's just the one scene in where her, her little scorpion friend, uh, Pupak, I always say it wrong, uh, Pupak is, is, you know, telling her, oh, you feel, you, you can't move on because you feel bad for your sister. And then she, uh, she says, no, she's hungry and she eats Pupak. Yeah. <laughs> Which, how great was that scene? Because, Pupak has been this little thing that's been her spirit guide throughout this entire ordeal, but has also been kind of giving her bad advice to, like, leave Sarah behind and other things like that. And so it's kind of funny to see they butted heads, you know, prior to this, and it was finally funny to just see Helena go, yeah, no, I'm done. Well, I think that the scorpion has been, like, uh, I I mean, spirit animal, yes, uh, but also... 
I don't know, like her surviving driving force. Um, it keeps her alive. It keeps her alive yeah. and motivates her. And and now that she's like out of this precarious situation, uh, I think she was like, wait a second. I need to go back for Sarah. Well, you know what's what's funny? You say, like, the Scorpion gives... The Scorpion, actually, I wouldn't say that the advice the Scorpion has given her is bad. It's, it is more... It's just not necessarily the most moral advice all the time. It's always very whatever it takes yeah. to survive. Who cares about it's these other people? It's her survival instinct. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's not even, like... A, it's not like, I want to say it's her conscience, but it's not her conscience. It's the... Right. It's, I, I think survival instinct actually probably is the best way of qualifying it, because it's like, okay, this is the thing that's like, leave her behind, leave, you know, forget Parsons, you need to get out of here, you're going to lose your chance. It's And it was the thing that was keeping her alive when she was in a box, and then, you know, was able to help survey the area, um, help her survey the area. So she was able to survive as, you know, as as a result. And it's when she chooses to defy her survival instincts to go back for her sister, that's when she makes the decision to say goodbye to her little scorpion friend. So I think survival instinct is, is the best way to put it, actually. Well, Rudy gives up his hunt for Helena because he gets a call from, uh, at first we don't know who, turns out to be from, you know, the, the big wigs and caster, the people that Paul met with over in, uh, you know, the, the agency and stuff. And, the jig is up! And Rudy heads back, sneaks kind of back, um, he hides under the, the, the jeep, sneaks out, starts basically killing everybody. And Paul now figures this out because Mark says we Rudy didn't come back, we checked his sat phone... He's not back. Paul calls and realizes, I'm being lied to. I'm being set up. It's a little fitting that Paul died in a double cross, by the way. It's a little (laughs) fitting if he was going to die. I mean, it does make sense. (laughs) And he immediately realizes they want this as a weapon. They're not coming to help. They're going to probably kill me and kill Sarah and, and, you know, get out of here with all the the science. We got to get out of here. So he's bringing Sarah, and then, yeah, the, the caster clones around, and then there's the fight with, with Miller. And then, kind of shockingly, when he got stabbed, I kept thinking, well, he'll probably be all right. That's what I thought, too. I totally <laughs> thought that they were going to get out of this because people have survived worse in this show. Yeah. You know? Can I just point out, it's a little crazy that he didn't survive just because they're on a base with, like, so many medical supplies and so much equipment, and it just seems but nutty. But he's on his own. And the only person who would treat him, presumably, is Dr. Cody, and she doesn't want him what alive. What about the guy who does the medicine, who gave him the inside information? Rudy, I think he's dead I at think this Rudy point. killed him. Oh. Yeah. Not Rudy's killing him. I mean, it's one thing, but, like, you know, it's not like he's on a friendly base where he can just walk <laughs> into the, the medic's office yeah. and be like, Medic! Yeah. Medic! That's what I'm imagining. Medic! <laughs> you guys who stabbed me, can you now <laughs> fix me up? <laughs> Okay, guys, now that we're done with this little tussle, (laughs) please stitch me up. But I still thought, like, they'd get in a Jeep together and they'd drive off and Paul would be close to death, but Sarah would get him somewhere and and save him. But then the second he's like, there's a garage there with Jeep, and he closes the grate, he puts her in that, like, kind of tunnel and closes the grate behind. I'm like, oh, he's dead. He's going to die, isn't he? And I still wasn't there with it. I was like, no. At that point, I thought he was going to die because I didn't see how he would get out of this. There was no way he was going to talk his way out of this this time. No, when you, if you didn't know then, you know, when you see him sitting in that chair inside that room with the little caster skeleton, you kind of know where the scene is going. 
Uh, but you're absolutely right. It's so frustrating because there's so much medical equipment <laughs> around him. It's like, somebody, please help him. And he was stabbed, right? Like, why couldn't he just he, go and, like, all right, whatever, it's fine. fine. <laughs> I just have to deal with Tough it. it I just well, have to. Look, he's, he's there, and I like, though, that he makes, oh, look, if you're going to die on a show, I mean, this was a great way to do it, because he basically, he's going to take, again, making a moral stance, this research they're doing is wrong, and I'm going to take all this science with me, because Cody and Rudy come in to get the science. I know. See, I was going to ask about that. He destroyed all of the science, which is, I understand maybe his motivation in the moment. I mean, there wasn't a lot of time to think, uh, but that they're using it for a weapon or whatever. But I feel like he does have some commitment to his men, his boys. Caster, like, like hey, Mark and. Right, yeah. Like, I want you to be well. So to destroy all of the science not only hurts his crew. But, but I mean, potentially I, Sarah and her sisters. I think, I think, but I think when they cross the line of. Because it's his crew that's doing this to civilians. The people that, you know, the military is sworn to protect. I think that's when he was like, I am on the wrong team. This Mm. needs to stop by any means possible. Even if that means that my fellow soldiers are going to have to die. I I think he's, that's something that he accepts in order to protect civilians. The needs Hmm. of the many (laughs) outweigh the needs of the few or the one. I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's like I have to make the, I, I want my boys to be okay, but the bigger sacrifice is we can't go around sterilizing women. You know, so. Well, just actually, um, we have a comment on Twitter from uh, Jamie Willis Rose, which actually, if you guys want to participate in the conversation, use hashtag ABTV Orphan Black. Um, He brings up, did Gracie's mom lose her fertility after carrying the caster baby? If Gracie came after, then is Gracie's mom immune? I don't know if it's the same thing because the fertilization process was so different. Yeah. But he brings up a good point. I mean, she was carrying something with caster DNA. But, that yeah, is if, a good point. If Gracie came later, then maybe again, maybe it's just the fact that I don't know that that seems to be an issue. So good, okay. good point. That's a, that's Jamie. I don't know what to point. make of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it. I mean, to trust the writers, I would say I guess it is different. It just would be a different yeah, thing because there was no intercourse. Maybe, maybe yeah. she was so hot. Hot caster, clone, blood semen, blood yeah. sperm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is, this is great. This is a weird conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, to get back to poor Paul. So Paul, he's sitting there in the chair, and you know he's not getting out of this. And I kept waiting, like, what is he going to do? He's in there with the research. They want the research. And Cody just straight up shoots him a bunch of times. And then as, as he lets go, as he's dying, he drops. He's got, like, a grenade. And they go running, they race at Cody and uh, 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 Rudy run out of the place, and boom, big explosion, which I actually don't think we ever see. And I <laughs> well, think we, we just see hear Sarah it. in the tunnel, we and see we see Sarah a little in the bit tunnel. of the explosion. Yeah. So, because I know there was some speculation, did Cody and Rudy die? Well, obviously they couldn't have, because they're the big bads and right they, now. They so. ran out. Yeah, they, we saw them run out. But it was big enough to, to shake the place. I mean, they could be messed up when, when the extraction team does show Rudy's up. Rudy could, could have, like, the entire side of his face burned instead of just scarred. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. That would be so cool. And Sarah, you know, Sarah knows, basically. <laughs> she's in that tunnel. She knows. And she's, again, kind of... You know, falling apart in that tunnel. I mean, it's been a rough, sick day for Sarah. And who shows up? Helena. She came back. Which was really sweet. Very sweet. Yeah. 
And, and I mean, they, they, Orphan Black hit us with a lot of emotions in this <laughs> because we're dealing with the, the noble sacrifice of Paul. And then Helena comes back, which was a risk she had to take for her Sestra. And uh, now they're going to, you know, be running around Mexico, I guess. I legit cried. Did you? I did. It, I didn't cry, but it got to me. I, I had tears. I didn't, like, I didn't weep, but, like, I had tears come to my eyes because not only did we have all that, but, like, all of that was preceded by the conversation with Beth, which was also mm-hmm. extremely emotional. So we have the the sister stuff with Beth, then Paul sacrificing his life, then Helena <coughs> coming back and going, there are people that miss us, and it's yeah. like, oh, That line kind of killed me. The yeah. waterworks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was a great line, and uh, I'm very anxious to see them back, the the two sestras back uh, kicking ass together. You know, I'm looking forward to that. We'll take a road trip home. I know, yeah. a road trip to Mexico. You know what? I also noticed episode six each season so far has been my favorite episode. In the first mm. season, it was the one with the Allison potluck when she's got Donnie <laughs> tied up, and, uh, you know, and that was my absolute favorite. Uh, last season, the road trip episode was episode six. Yeah, and, that was so great. And this season, it's this episode, which it's, I mean, look, they might top it by the end of it, but this was, this was a great classic Orphan Black episode. Not just because of all this stuff, because there was a lot of other stuff going on in this episode, too. With that the we other, haven't even touched yeah. on, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, let's, let's talk about Cosima now. Okay. Uh, Cosima. We have a lot of people in on Twitter uh, talking about Delphine and how not trustworthy Cosima's <laughs> uh, new girlfriend mm-hmm. is. Oh, the new girlfriend, she said. Oh, the new girlfriend. Yeah, I don't trust her either. She's uh, look. Here's the thing. I, I was I was I was tweeting with somebody at uh, Casey twenty five. I was tweeting at this this fan yesterday, and she was like, "Well, she's definitely a monarch. If she's yeah. not even for Delphine, like maybe for some." some third party and we do know caster people are looking for you know so maybe maybe she's working for somebody else maybe she's working for someone else in the government because we do see later Delphine has got a bunch of pictures of the two of them which was the the photographs being taken in the previous episode and I don't know if that means that she's a monitor working for Delphine necessarily because Delphine was looking at him like seemed more upset than say someone who maybe set up a monitor yeah, who's that, gonna that's sleep one with of her the ex girlfriend. That's going around is that uh, especially that we were talking about last time is that uh, this new this new gal is somebody that Delphine set up like this whole interaction so that Casima would get over Delphine. Given their interactions in this episode, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, because Delphine just seems really upset. By everything going on. Now, you never trust Delphine. I'm always on Team Delphine, and you never trust Delphine. I don't. So what do you what do you think of Delphine's intentions with this? I have no idea what her intentions are <laughs> with this. Like, why are you here? And I don't know. Like, I feel like it's weird that she's checking Cosima's work. Like, I'm glad that she did, and she made that connection, and thanks. And, like, let's take care of Gracie, because we love Gracie. We want her to stick around and, and have many of her own babies. But, uh... I think it's micromanaging to be checking Kasima's work. Uh, <laughs> I think it's you know whatever she's you're you're out of town. You broke her heart. Get out. Go, just go. Just leave her alone. You she know? was the one that walked away. Right. Yeah. But she did it for the betterment 
of the sisters. She, she did, but it was her choice. It was her choice to either kind of stick it out and work through the hard well, stuff or to walk away and be more disconnected uh, so that she could further take on this position of power. Look, Delphine might make bad choices, but I really do believe her heart is always in the right place. I, I think she has Kasima's best interest in mind. I don't think that means that she makes the right choices for Kasima, though. I think she I think she tries, but ultimately I think she might just end up doing more harm than good. And she's fallible. Like, I definitely think that she is capable of doing something in a fit of jealousy or a fit of rage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if she does still clearly love Kasima. Now... In this first scene with Kasima, when she wakes up with Shay, and Shay's like, who's Sarah? And she was like, oh, you said it in your sleep. Do you buy that? Nope. I don't buy that for a second. Nope. Or do you buy it, Megan? It's possible. I don't trust anybody. I think she's just <laughs> trying to get the dirt on, like, oh, who's this? Like, maybe whoever she is monitoring for wants to get well, some information. Any time there's been anybody fishing around for information, they've they've always been up to something. We've seen that. Anytime there's a relationship, yeah. someone is up to something, with the exception of Felix. <laughs> Felix yeah. is the only one who tries to have a relationship with other people, and there are no strings attached. Uh, so... You know, because I'm not, I, yeah, no, there's, there's, there's no way. If Shay turns out to be just, just some great date that she went on and it worked out, that would actually be the biggest twist of all. That would, <laughs> yeah. because there's just suspicion every time she's hanging around. Yeah. So, back at Dyad, they're bringing in Gracie for, for tests. And this was kind of, you know, this was, you know, you could tell how, Kind of heartbroken Kasim and Delphine were to have to tell Gracie, like, oh, you're, you're never gonna have kids, basically, now. And I thought that scene was done well, because Kasim is so, Kasim is really, she's like, she's way into the science, she's like deep in the weeds with the science, but she's also a really good people person, always. She's always good at put, putting people at ease. Like the second, you know, she's talking to Delphine, and the second Gracie comes on, off the elevator with Felix, like, it completely her personality changes, and she's like, she's got a great bedside manner. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's something that, because it would be so, it would have been so easy to write her as the stereotypical, you know, science person in a TV show, where she's bad at human interactions, but she's always been so great and so warm towards all the other characters in the show. So it's it really is very sweet to say. Like, again, if I ever needed a doctor, I would want them to have the bedside manner that Cosima has. Yes. Yeah. I would. I, I want Cosima as my doctor. <laughs> as my general practitioner. Yeah. Um, way too. better thanks to science and stuff. Cosima um, is still... Dying? What's what's going on there? Like, how sick is Kasima still? Is she getting... I mean, she's clearly gotten better, but I'm still a little... Maybe I've missed something, but I still don't understand this. I mean, are we still going by it's the healing touch of Kira? Is no, that it? No, that was never a thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Matt Lieberman uh, thinks that Kira has uh, clone powers. He doesn't really think that. <laughs> I that. <laughs> Remember Kira was Kira like, magic. Kira laid hands on her and then she like was like, oh, I feel better. You know, She's... Kira laid hands on Sarah in this episode too, but it turned out to be a fever dream. We just <laughs> talked about that. But that was in reality when it happened to Kasima. She was having a fever she dream of Delphine. She was dreaming Delphine. that Delphine was there. Right, yeah. And then... 
don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm curious. Guys, I feel people... like I feel like this is a, a really. Do you really think that there might be healing? powers of Kira's touch because the show like it, it pushes I, the boundaries yes. but they still make it make sense this isn't like a fantasy show you know? I know yeah and there could be some scientific reason for all of this right okay but Where, well she does I mean because she never got more of 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 Kira's bone marrow or whatever she's still using like I've kind of lost a little track of they probably cloned the stem cells they have the technology. They haven't said this. And there's still, isn't there still a big <laughs> I, container of, like, Helena's babies at Felix's apartment? Uh, Am I wrong? Kira has those. <laughs> that thing was the size of Kira. She didn't take that with her. She and Cal took them. They em. took them to Iceland. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to say that for for right now, Cosima's in... You know the equivalent of remission. Yeah, she is fine. Like she, she's. I think she, obviously she's functional, and I think she feels great. But I think that it's one of those things where it's a looming thing. Like she could relapse at okay. any minute. So there's always I, the I, threat of it. I think it's yeah. I think she's fine. Like she feels fine. But it's one of those things where it could be lurking under the surface, and it could strike again at any second. Well, if there's one thing they do soon, I hope it's to definitively cure her and be like, oh, by the way, we. We gave you this. What was Shay was giving her some licorice root drink? Like, drink this. It'll help you cough. Boom. You're healed now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, That's the cure a- <laughs> will come out of left field. I like that the idea <laughs> of the cure with all this is going to be that. The cure is going to come from what I think is a date rape drug in yeah. the drink. Yeah. Yeah. The, she's, yeah. And cure was ice cream all along. No, no, no. The cure was love. <laughs> That's all it was. If, if I hate the that cure is actually love, love between sisters. The cure is more cowbell. So fever. Now Felix has come. No, I got it. I got it. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. All right. Lead us, leader. Felix has come to dyad with Gracie, and he pulls Scott aside. And he Holy goes. He goes. Cow. Bring me. Bring me to Rachel. Bring me to the Cyclops. <laughs> And this is the best scene Felix has had all season because he's been a little bit on the sidelines. And this was him being a little more proactive, a little more emotional. And he goes in there, and what a scene he has this with Rachel. This is the most aggressive he's ever been, and it was a little frightening. I was, I mean, I hate Rachel, but I felt really bad for Rachel in this scene. Alicia Perez at Billy Jean Girl 18 said, The scene with Felix and Rachel is hard to watch. I've never seen him that angry before. But I totally get it. Yeah. Um, His sister's been gone. He's worried. Same with uh, Nikki D. Uh, sh- uh, Nikki also says, uh, Rachel, you know, is a terrible person, uh, but I can't believe I felt bad for her after all she has done. I know I felt and bad for her, too. Yeah. Because she really can't bad. defend herself. It was a lot like when Delphine was standing over her and pressing on her eye. She has brain damage at this point. Can't walk on her own. She has to move around. And she's painting pictures all day long with one eye and she's looking at a picture of her and her fa- her late father who died in her arms and all she can do is weep and kind of struggle to articulate, you know, things to other people. And she's also trapped there. Yeah. She's trapped she's a, there. And she is a prisoner and now. And she even says her last line to him is like, like get me out of here. Yeah. And 
Felix, and the thing about the scene, and I think this is much worse than the Delphine scene, because it's the level of humiliation. He's painting the other eye on her, and he's making her move around, and then, like, when he says, like, no, like nobody cares about you, basically. He said, I, I don't... Nobody's coming nobody's for you coming because for no- nobody cares. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, man. And I guess this is where, it being a show about clones, we care about a lot of people who have the exact same face as Rachel. So I guess that probably also helps pull at our heartstrings a little bit. Well, and again, Tatiana's just such a great actress. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. um, I'm I'm thinking about it. Well, I did feel bad for Rachel, uh, but... She kind of created this reality for no, herself, didn't she? she? Yes. I mean, it's not so much that she doesn't deserve to be punished. It's just, it's brutal to watch. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, she she kind of did it to herself. Um, you know, she built this empire, and now that it's come crashing down around her, you know, we can't really feel too bad for her, because she did try to kill all of her sisters, and, you know, she came this close to succeeding. And by the way, then... Scott notices something that she's painting within the paintings, which at first I didn't catch what it was, admittedly. And then later, yeah, it's the same symbols in Duncan's book. And so, yeah, before I guess we all feel too much sympathy for Rachel, she's clearly holding back on something still. Well, what's interesting is that she's painting these symbols so that leads him to believe, based on the book that they have, that she knows the code. That makes no sense, because... Duncan died to prevent her from getting the code. So I, I'm I'm wondering if this is something completely subliminal on her part, that she doesn't realize she has pieces of the code? Let me ask you this. I don't know if this is stupid. I don't know enough about brain damage. <laughs> She's got massive brain damage. She's got this pencil on. Her brain is working differently than for it's hard for her to talk. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that, like you said, subconsciously something's been in the deep recesses of her brain and that, something like, as new has come out to recover that something it's emerging yeah. in those and ways. maybe because of the injury i don't know is that i, I think it's possible that i she... mean you're a neurosurgeon so <laughs> right yeah i just <laughs> who moonlights at after how dare you laugh that hard at that that is so i mean you're a neurosurgeon you idiot uh, <laughs> So rude. Um, but yeah, I think it's possible that she has a key that she doesn't know that she has or just some memory of her father that will be helpful to them. So Certainly. it's not holding out. It's She doesn't even know, but maybe maybe Scott can kind of coax it out of her some way. Uh, I think she what she has is a piece. Um, and it's a piece that she doesn't know she has. I think that... Um, because again, I don't think she would have... like it. Duncan wouldn't have had to kill himself if she just knew it off the top of her head. So I think she has a component, you know, just another piece of the puzzle that will help them decipher the code from from the book that they have. But it's it's either something big or maybe she does know that she has the key, but she didn't have the book to go to unlock everything. So again, maybe it's having to put the two together that'll solve the puzzle for them. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Rachel, um, I mean, you know, she does say to Felix, like, get me out of here. Do you think at any point, you know, she is 
a sister in a way. I mean, she's a terrible person. But at any point, do you think anyone does come to her aid or her rescue? I mean, we can't have just Rachel rotting here for the rest of the series. Well, inside. I, I think I predicted oh, yeah. in episode one that there was going to be a team up with Rachel. And absolutely. And I think like the most uh, the thing that I would like to see the most is a Rachel Helena team up. Uh, just because mm. Helena has hated her so much <laughs> in the past. I mean, that's that would be that would that would have to be major obstacles for the two of them to, to team up. That they would to... they even communicate? Oh, but that's a whole oh. that's a whole other series. I want to say <laughs> any pairing on the show. I would also like to see as a spinoff. Almost any pairing on yeah, this show. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what's so great about these characters. That's so true. And I I hope we get more Rachel. I hope this is a key that in these last. Four episodes, we're going to get a lot more Rachel because I'm very curious where her storyline well, goes because she's been more separated, almost more separated than Allison well, has this been. This series season. is a balancing act with all of its characters. Um, it's not quite like other series where it's like musical chairs, but with the threat of Caster, you know, they have uh, Rachel and Delphine going to the back burner. Now that Caster has been basically eliminated except for two people, Cody and Rudy, you know, the they're the ones moving on the back burner a little bit, and Rachel and Delphine can come back into the story a little bit. It's it's a balancing act. So I'm, I'm just waiting. Uh, I, we're not done with Rachel by no. any means. Um, it, no. It's uh, that's not happening. You said <laughs> absolutely not. You said balancing act, and this episode, I believe, is the, had the most clones in an episode ever because you had you know the the main clones we always see Rachel. And Beth in the in the dream. So, and we even had a little bit of uh, we we had a younger uh, we had a, one of the younger clones too. Uh, yes, I'm not, uh, not mm-hmm. quite sure which one that was. If that was just a young Charlotte or just a young, yeah, that could be because a lot of people were like, "Oh, Charlotte was down to show," but I'm but like, it was but like, it's is also it young Sarah. It's also what they all look like as babies. Yeah. So or Maybe. Uh, Younger children. Baby <laughs> no clones. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I you know. are not ready babies. for Babies and 10 year olds are basically yeah. the no. same. Babies right? can talk and walk around and lead you through fever dreams, right? Um, <laughs> While ribbon dancing. <laughs> well, you know, last week yes. I kept saying, like, the, the stuff between Helena and. And uh, uh, Sarah was so good, like, that's got to be, like, her Emmy episode. And on this one, she plays the most clones, and it was just as emotionally powerful as the week before. So, I don't know. Just give... You're never going to give her an Emmy. Just give her an Emmy. Just give her an Emmy already. She's earned it, people. Mm. Um, I'm just so jealous. I really feel that way. I really feel that way. Yeah, because she could play everybody. And they can't. She could play every character that's ever existed, ever. I mean... (laughs) Try doing that, Claire Danes. Try doing that, Kerry Washington. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, speaking of one of the clones, our favorite... Our favorite (laughs) sitcom within the show, The Hendrixes. Um, I was like, wish there was a theme Making song. We need to have a theme song for oh, yeah. the Hendrix's segment. That, that Riff Ruff song. <laughs> um, when we cut into them, they are dancing on the bed. With glitter. They're going crazy. Have you guys seen just all the gifts that people have been making? Um, just them dancing and they're around in their underwear and twerking. Making it rain. It's so great. His underwear with the elastic band wearing out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do love that, like, their relationship. They're 
their personal relationship with each other is just it's at the point where they've never been more attracted to each other than they than they are while dealing drugs. Yeah. But there is admittedly some jealousy. Donnie's jealous a little bit of Jason. And they want to take the business to the next level. Mm-hmm. She's paying Jason back, but she's like, I want to take this to the next level. And of course, Donnie shows up in... <laughs> what was it, like a Saturn? It was yeah, like not... it wasn't. <laughs> but, I mean, so in that case, maybe it is an inconspicuous car, but he's still, he's buying... It reminded me of the scene in, like, uh, Goodfellas, when everybody keeps just buying things, like, don't spend any money, and they keep coming and look at this Cadillac I got. Yeah. That's what Don, Donnie would be one of those guys, right. and he'd get whacked. Um, and he shows up, and they're like, Listen, we gotta launder, you gotta launder money. And Allison has decided that she wants to launder money but through her mother's business, Bubbles. <laughs> which is like a, like a, like a, what, what do you like call a those stores? Like a body yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Or like Lush, I guess, is a good one too. Sure. <laughs> so they're just going further and further down the, uh, Walter White path, right? They're just <laughs> first going further down that road. Yeah. Because they're getting a taste for it. They just want to do this because, once again, it's making, it's bringing it's them together. It's lucrative, yeah. It's lucrative and it's bringing them together. So, just like murder. It's, yeah. Um, and we <laughs> Nothing all, strengthens their relationship quite like crime. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we even... I know. They're really good together in crime. <laughs> they really are. She's starting to lose a little focus on the election. Yeah. It's supposed to be a big election. Well, don't you know, though, that you can buy off those elections with all that drug money? She, she figures the that school, she probably has... Uh, this is my drug <laughs> side, like, this, hand this was This was, you know, the, uh, the, a big obstacle for them was paying back the money that, you know, they, they didn't know that they owed. Um, so paying that back was, like, their first big obstacle because she figures she has her constituents in the bag by having the names of all these people who buy drugs. So, yeah. so she, I guess she kind of figured that she kind of had it in the bag. And it's like, okay, we'll deal with this problem first. So, I mean, she's going to run for mayor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're finally going to get to see Allison's mom, I guess, too, because they're laundering money. Who they've mentioned a lot, yeah. but has never made an appearance. But I've he- I heard who was going to play her, and I don't remember now. Mm. Now, here's a question because obviously, you know, she's her mother. Sarah and Helena had a birth mother, you know, yes. an in vitro fertilization mother. Were all the clones made that way? I assume they um, were. There was somebody so who carried them. With with each of the clones, were they all, you know, did they all give birth and then all go to adoption centers I, and get adopted? That's what I assume. Okay. And they were sent out into the world for study and research. <laughs> or, and or did some of people. the birth mothers actually get to keep them? I doubt it. Probably because they couldn't have anybody who was aware of the whole experiment uh, uh, doing this, raising the child, because otherwise it wouldn't be a good test. They might have one be a monitor. You know? We don't know. Or, or you know, Lita could have just been like, hey. Birth mother be? That's cold. Lita, Lita could have also been just using it as, like, the guise of, like, oh, we're, we're helping people who can't have a baby on their own. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I really don't know. It could be it could be any number of things, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, it could be any kind of made up science. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so Anna, you had a thing. I had want? a thing. Um, we just missed Paul, and yeah. we wanted to pay a final tribute to him. So we have a tribute for Paul. Are we done talking about this? Is that? What oh, I mean, are we? I don't know. I know we're getting late in the show. Yeah, we are late in the show. We're running late, and um, and I know we, we want to get to that, and we have some predictions. So let's let's take. So do care you want to? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm ready. Roll that video that Anna Koppel made. 
It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. Damn. that and you were worried. Dylan Bruce no, is still alive. No, it's 100% serious <laughs> memorial video, so take from it what you will. Uh, if you'd like to find that on YouTube yourself, you were just listening, you can find it on under R.I.P. space uh, B.D.P. You know, for Big Dick Paul. Big Dick Paul, <laughs> there he was. And you, you saw it, you saw the proof there. Oh, yeah. Hashtag um, everywhere. Hashtag that, oh my god. Well, I think after such a fitting and touching Tribute. Mm-hmm. I think all that's left is predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. I love the light show. Okay, uh, Anna, you're back, so you should go first. Okay, um, sure, why not? Uh, I already said I predicted the whole Rachel Helena team up thing, and then, um, I think that Kira is not safe with Cal. I think that he's going to. Sell her to, <laughs> to Icelandic, uh, <laughs> no, to like Castor or something. No, no, that's his daughter. He's a loving father. You guys, this is a prediction. You can't judge. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> Right though, he has a shady past that we know very little she about. Even know him? Sarah do you re- know him? Do you remember when Paul was like, like you're a war profiteer? You know, Paul, like the way he said that now in retrospect, seeing the way he reacted about the the, the weaponizing Castor was doing. Paul actually really does take big moral stances on war profiteering and issues like that. So yeah, you know, knew? Count does have a shady past. He does. It's possible that may- he maybe he had a hand in creating biological weapons that say I don't know were used when you made clones. There still probably has to be... You, you're right about this, Anna. There still probably has to be a connection to Castor some way with the with, with Cal's war profiteering past. Yeah. I like it. 
I like that. Thanks, um, thanks, after guys. we after we laughed at it, we came around. On it. <laughs> laughed out at me. Oh, actually, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's not the way most of these seem to work. It's like you're crazy. Oh, oh wait right. a minute, uh, Megan. Um, well, obviously, we and we have a lot of people talking about it in the hashtag as well. Is that the inevitable Mrs. S. Helena confrontation? Because that is on its way, and Helena has made it very clear that she is not a fan of Mrs. S. and that when they go back, she's going to att- like have an attempt on her life, which can't really blame her because Mrs. S. totally sold her out and they started waterboarding her and doing all sorts of terrible things, so can't really blame her. Um, this was a very heavy episode. And already from the previews, it looks like next weekend is going to be a lot of Allison. And a little lighter. Yeah, and I, I'm convinced Yeah, next episode, I think, is going to be a lot lighter. I think it's going to be a just almost... We haven't had an episode that really focused on Allison yet this season. She's always been kind of the, the B story. I think she's going to be the A story in the next episode. And one of our, our, our viewers on YouTube, uh, Lamba66, said... Uh, you know, first season, Allison lets Ainsley die. Second season, Donnie kills Leaky. And they think that each season, they are going to kill somebody and have to cover it up. Accidentally kill somebody? <laughs> I guess accidentally. Yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked. I thought that was a great prediction. And I predict that if that's going to happen, it's going to be this next episode. Because nothing is lighter like murder. on this show for the Hendrix storyline. So I think next week it's going to be a lot. Just I think after this, we just need to take a big, deep breath and relax. So have some fun next week with the Hendrixes. It would be nice to sit back and relax a little bit. Okay, we got to wrap up. So, uh, Anna, where can the people find you? Oh, you can follow me at Koppel from Air, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. Uh, Megan? You can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, including Turn later on tonight. And I've started writing articles for the movie Chick, Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Real Will Link. And you can listen to my pop culture comedy fun podcast, Will Sean Podcast. I hear you have a special guest this week. The one I'm recording for next week is Anna Koppel. Yay! What? Yay! So look at that. Uh, thank you for watching as always. We'll see you next week. From We've executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Bye. Clone you later. The views <laughs> expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 